So there was a guy named Max Planck. He was a really brilliant physicist, my hero in the physicist world. And he called atoms black bodies. They're spherical and there was a hole in the middle and energy would shoot out from the nucleus, and which was the most correct that we have now. Um, but in 1932, there was a physicist named James Chadwick and peer-reviewed allowed his atom, atomic model, to be the correct one, but it wasn't. So there's protons and neutrons in the middle and electrons on the outside. So Planck, which I assume was rather upset by this because his work got kind of erased, um, said, according to classical physics, an electron in orbit around the nucleus should emit electromagnetic radiation, photons, continuously because it is continually moving in a curved path. The resulting loss of atoms, I'm sorry, the resulting loss of energy implies that the electron should spiral into the nucleus in a very short time. In example, the atoms cannot exist. So basically he was saying that this model, wrong since 1932, is completely impossible. Um, let's move forward. We have another physicist named Richard Feynman. And he, he said, oh, that means electrons are moving backwards in time. I'm not kidding. I can't make this shit up, but that is completely ridiculous. And this is the same guy that cannot explain magnetism. If you look up Richard Feynman's video on magnetism, he does this like 15 minute interview and the interviewer keeps asking him, well, what's magnetism? And then he goes off on tangents and all kinds of stuff. Finally, at the very end, in a rather upset manner, he says, well, we don't know, like, which was the only true thing he said. So I don't know where these people are coming from or why they're so regarded highly because they're saying crazy stuff. Um, then we get to Einstein. Let's go backwards a little bit. Einstein. Or one of my favorites, at least. Oh, my gosh. Not me. He's a shill. E equals MC squared. Uh Energy equals mass times, okay, let's, this is the crazy part, C squared. Originally, when I was in high school, C meant circumference. He didn't say that. He said it was the speed of light. Speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Squared is 34,596,000,000 miles per second. It's an astronomical number that does not make sense for anything. And everybody writes books. It took him books to try to explain this equation. And you got all these physicists staring at chalkboards with abstract symbols trying to explain stuff instead of taking a step back and, and observing nature, um, which is what I did, you know. But I'll get into that. So, yes, no. Einstein, no. All he did was take good photos with his tongue sticking out. <laughs> no, I'm not in like, and there's a really good quote. Um, if you look this up, you can add the image into the video. Um, Einstein and Charlie Chaplin had a conversation 
Einstein said, what I admire about you, what I admire about your art is your universality. You don't say a word and the world understands you. Chaplin said, it's true, but your fame is even greater. The world admires you when nobody understands what you say, because it really is incomprehensible. And that's the biggest problem with quantum physicists. Uh, and I'm going to get into it more. Like they just put out random equations staring at a chalkboard using abstract symbols. And they're like, oh, yes, we figured out something. And they didn't figure out shit. Um, then we get into space time. So same back to Richard Feynman, you know, time all of a sudden became a dimension. Um, and a force. Uh, I just, there's a face palm. What can you imagine a football player running from one field, one end of the field to the other end of the field? How many dimensions did he cross? None. Don't, don't think about that stuff. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like, that's how simple it is. Like it, it, it isn't a dimension it's just a measurement for us humans it's just a measurement of the earth's rotation and the spin around the sun and that's all it is there's no space time is not a dimension it's not a force it's not space time it really is just space but again i'll get into that as soon as i start talking about what i discovered but it's just these things are ridiculous and then they talk about folding space and they take a piece of paper like this and they fold it up and they put a pen through that and they're like oh yeah that's how we fold space yeah I okay see that. Yeah. that piece of paper would have to be infinitely wide and infinitely long in all dimensions where that's to fold how is that possible there's nothing to fold space is empty there are things flowing through it you know but it's not Space time. It really is just space. Um, and then they got into wormholes. That was a ridiculous one. Um, all of a sudden, there's a hole that can move you to another dimension or area. I suppose it's like a toilet. You know, you shit in a toilet and <laughs> wormhole goes to the basin, I guess. But it's, it's not that's the best analogy i got but it doesn't make sense like everything it gets crazier <laughs> um then they started saying that the nucleus of an atom not only has neutrons and protons but it has boson higgs ups downs quarks and probably five of my mexican cousins so it totally literally became a clown car this tiny, 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 tiny little nucleus is made up of all these things. And what physicists are not paying attention to is the entirety of the atom as opposed to just the nucleus. Um, but it gets even worse. Then M-string came along because they weren't able to describe gravity. They still have not. They weren't able to describe atomic vibration, which they do not. So they said that, oh, yeah, well, these strings that are connected to a membrane in a different dimension, time travel, and they're causing atomic vibration and gravity and whatever else that they cannot explain. It is the laughing stock. 
of quantum physics. And people don't see it that way because we don't know better because we've been trained and peer reviewed has this wall and it's a massive wall, huge. And, but it's the laughing stock, laughing stock of quantum physics It is ridiculous. I think we talked about the peer reviewed stuff last, last time. Yeah, we did. Um, then <laughs> comes along little me and I didn't expect to learn physics on my own. Um, I was reading Zachary Sitchin and I was like, all right, I'm going to study the ancient past. All my books are behind me. Um, at the time I was reading about the Egyptian God of wisdom and knowledge called Thoth. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of him? Yeah, I heard of him. I've heard of him, but I haven't heard of that book. He has the crane face. He's portrayed with the crane face. Yeah, the ibis. Uh, I don't know how to describe the ibis or the baboon. Sometimes I think it is. Yes. Yep. Um. He left us seven sentences uh, called the Kybalian, and. Uh, I started reading them and I was like, by comparing these sentences to what we think we know, I developed or I understood an atomic model that was completely different. And I'll tell you seven sentences. The first one is the all is mind, the universe is mental. So that means creation is created by intelligence. And if you I mean, we got giant telescopes now staring out into space and you see all these beautiful, beautiful things, including here on Earth. You think that was created without intelligence? Art is only created by intelligent beings. It's not a being, it's the entirety of the all. It's everything, nature itself, you know? The you second being, one. Being human too? What's that? <laughs> this human? We can get into the topic of the creation of humans, but um, yes. Uh, the second one, as above, so below. Now, in the physics world, that would mean the mi microverse is the same as the macroverse. So, for example, uh, we know that stars can be the size of a, a school bus. We call them neutron stars. And they can be larger than the entirety of our solar system. So, but uh, that applies to atoms as well. So I'm going to get into this later in a minute, but atoms can be larger than life. Like one nucleus surrounded by... We're full of atoms, aren't we? Yes, but uh, I'll get into all this just... I got to finish this story. <laughs> um, the second one is all things vibrate. There's nothing at rest. That's easy. And I'll explain that one to you. Quantum physics explained it through M-string. And I'll explain it to you in a way that you can understand. And you'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Um, the fourth is all things have polarity. All things have their opposite and their extremes meet. That means... and. If we look out and observe nature, nature works through opposites. You know, um, it, it's not just one thing. Like 
bees and the what is it birds and the bees or what's that saying yeah male and female there's a good example and i'll get to that one um five all things have rhythm like the swing of a pendulum which is true you see the ocean tides coming in and out the moon comes around and closer to the earth and then further from the earth it's just it's the way that nature works Six, every cause has its effect. Every effect has its cause. And chance is a law that is unrecognizable. A lot of people have a problem with that one because they're like, chance? Uh, Luck, gambling, something like that. Yeah, you never know. You never know. The last one is, (laughs) all things are masculine and feminine. This exists on all levels. So there is actually a photo of an atom which came out uh, a long time ago, 2013, 12, I'm not sure. Recently, that photo has been updated with images because quantum physicists want to apply what they think they know to this photo. But all it looks like is a black fuzzy sphere surrounding a very, 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 very tiny nucleus of light. So, light moves outward, it's op- and it carries heat with it. Its opposite would be dark energy that's cold and moves inward on itself. The two come together, excuse me, I don't want to be vulgar, like sex organs, and they constantly move, vibrating. There, atomic vibration. Never heard an explanation like that. Quantum physicists don't even consider that, but that's the simplest explanation. And I'm going to give you simple explanations for everything. Mm. Um, Occam's razor's simplest explanation is usually true. So, and if you look at the atom, you'll see that. So the dark energy moves inward and imagine taking a piece of candy that's wrapped and you cut off the ends. There's going to be two holes. That's the same thing that happens with an atom. There are two holes on the top and the bottom. Now, if an atom is unbalanced, if the nucleus is stronger than the inward part, the dark energy surrounding it, it will release that energy. But because it's unbalanced, there's a field that moves in waves and this energy gets excelled from itself. Um, If the dark energy is overcoming the inward energy, the, the light inside the middle, it will attract heat and light to it using that balancing field. Uh, this is explanation for the electromagnetic. And all this been scientifically uh, uh, shared too, right? Um, I have a different perspective. I'm. I have a different perspective because I learned this all on my own. I did. I there no, came no, a point. I'm not questioning that. I'm just asking, like, this is from based off from your your studies, your research, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so with magnetism, the dark energy, if there's if it's overwhelming the nucleus, those holes will create that balancing energy and pull in heat and light in order to help the nucleus so it can get balanced. For example, if you have a regular magnet and you put it in heat. It's no longer magnetic because it becomes balanced. Um, so it's all about balance. 
Everything is about balance. Yeah, like the yin and yang, right? Exactly. And the yin and yang really describes it really well. You know, it also incorporates that idea of masculine and feminine. So yeah, I think that the people... Exactly Go ahead, I couldn't hear you. That's exactly what I was thinking as soon as you said it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so there, I explained atomic vibration very simply, as opposed to M-string, that's there's strings going through other dimensions, time traveling, and they're causing gravity and and whatever else. So, gravity. Um, atoms are very, 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 very tiny. But can you imagine if an atom was huge? What would happen then? So, I call dark energy inward parts. Um, I got that from the Bible and from Gilgam, the uh, Enuma Elish, but it makes sense to me to use that word. And I was like, okay. Um, Say it one more time. Atoms. What was that word you called? You you called it what again? Inward. Inward parts. It's the dark energy surrounding the nucleus of an atom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, because what I'm visualizing when you say that is something like the sun is bright on the outside but dark on the inside. Ooh, I'm gonna get to that. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying that because if you do have pictures, that work because that's what I was visualizing when you said that. I do. I do have pictures. I painted this whole thing out because. I just I just want to make sure I'm following you because, you know, I, I don't I don't. Stu yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah, exactly how I see it. Yeah. Um. I'm ordering more books, and I promise you that I will send you one. It's called The Kybalian and Physics. Um, you can, for your viewers, you can purchase one on blurb.com, B-L-U-R-B.com. You can either look at my name, Michael David Moreno, or you can look Kybalian, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, and physics.com, and you'll find it there. But I promise you, you don't have to purchase one. I'm going to order some more and get you one. Right on. I appreciate that. I'm actually going to put that. I'm going to take screenshots of that web of the websites of what you said, too. Um, so atoms can be enormous. So what you asked about stars, um, they're giant atoms. In let's see, I have my notes here. June 20th, 2013, Fox News put out an article and an image of the sun, and they said, NASA spots giant hole over the sun. And there's this image of the top of the sun completely gone. They, they can't explain it. Um, and then... What well, was that? Dark spot? Are you talking about that dark spot that was on the sun? No, literally the top of the sun was... Like gone. I have a quick image of it. I painted it out because I had to recreate it because I don't own the images. Um, but it it was crazy to me because I was like, oh, the inside of the sun is dark. So I was like, that's a giant atom. And yeah, I always thought that it was dark on the inside. Yeah. 
So this is the image that I repainted. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I think that's what I seen, the dark spot. I didn't know if it was on the top or not. Yeah, yeah, I do it remember. It was on the top. Yeah. Um, also, sunspots are the same way. If you look at the brightest object in the sky, the sun, all of a sudden beneath it is it's completely black, completely dark. Um, so what happens is the inward parts, and it would have billions if not trillions of inward parts spinning around the nucleus of the sun um and the reason that it okay i'll get to that you would understand that it's a giant atom now the sun has this enormous rotation around the galaxy as well as a spin so that force would cause the inward parts to be pulled outward and so it turns into light it's like, you know, you're pulling out, and again, all things are masculine and feminine. Imagine, I don't want to be vulgar. Uh, it pulls it out. It pulls that inward energy outward. But if you can think of it in terms of sexual organs, I know, it's crazy. Um, well, they also... They do talk about that sexual organs do have a feminine and a masculine. You know, they, they do talk about that in the ancient texts. They do. Like that's like like they um <clears throat> they use those parts to tell a story. Like it's not always something sexual or something like that. It could be something about cosmology or uh, uh I think I said that Who's right. Who's that guy that studied sex and wrote all that books about him? Uh, he was really controversial. Shit, I don't remember his name. Not off the top of my head. But he was correct, except that he took it to an extreme level. Like, And that's the one thing I don't want to do is become vulgar. Um, because I, you know, I work with kids, man. I teach dance down, you know, in the evening. I was a professional dancer. Reputation. What's that? Have a, a, a reputation to uphold. So, in the center of every galaxy is the largest atom there ever was. So it's a bunch of dark energy surrounding a nucleus of light. But it's not spinning fast enough to ignite. It's not moving fast enough to ignite. So what happens is the nucleus of the atom is repelled by other nucleus of atom, but the dark energy surrounding it, the feminine part, is doubly attracted to its nucleus and to larger nucleuses. And that's why we have all these stars surrounding this giant thing they call a hole, and it's not a hole, it's a gigantic spherical body. The problem is, their understanding, is dark energy is cold, uh, it doesn't pr produce heat or light, and it's so difficult to detect, and that's why they think that it's a hole, but they're seeing the reaction of what's happening. Um, it doesn't suck in time. It, all it, you know, it's just a giant, giant, giant atom, and it's causing movement around the stars, of the stars around it, sorry. And so that's what it is. There's no such thing as a black hole. It really is a giant dark body uh which 
goes back to what I said in the beginning, Max Planck, a black body, which Woody called. Um, so, I mean, simple explanations. Like I said, it's just super simple. Um, I've already explained magnetism, gravity. That's gravity, by the way. So the dark, oh, I didn't talk about gravity. Inside the Earth, there, inside all planets, there's a very large atom. It's huge. Not as big as the sun. It's smaller. But the atoms around, you know, in your body and everything you see in nature around you are smaller. So they're doubly attracted to the nucleus that they have, including to the large nucleus of the atom inside the Earth or any planet. And that's why things fall towards planets. They're not falling. They're attracted to it. They're moving towards it. <sighs> okay. I don't mean to get vulgar, but it's like it's a woman ha having a man, you know, with a small penis moving towards a giant penis mm -hmm. and wanting both. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man. Uh, I'll, I'll send you this book and the, there's no math just like I was telling you earlier like everything is illustrated and there's just simple explanations like just everything is simple simple explanations like you know so like symbolism then there's no symbolism it's just all art like like I painted out literally atoms okay magnets stars and just, this is what you visualize, right? Well, it's based on what we know. Mm -hmm. So I took what we knew and then compared it to, well, let me rephrase that. I took what we think we know and compared it to what we actually see and put it together with those seven principles that I stated earlier, the Kabbalion. And this atomic model emerged that answers everything everything it's amazing um and it's difficult for people to understand this for example my father's an electrical engineer and when i first started talking to him about this stuff he got overexcited and kind of angry it took him five years to ask me a question hmm. for example if you put two lighters together the flames will repel each other that you'll see the line between the flames I can send you a picture if you want. Um, five years later, my father said, if that was true, son, a flame would be round in space. And I was like, damn, I don't know. I haven't looked that one up. So we looked it up. Sure enough, NASA already did an experiment. A flame is round in space because it's repelling itself. And he was like, hmm, I think you're onto something. And then... The black spots in the sun, and I said, Dad, the, the, the sun is really a large, large atom. It's one nucleus with all this dark energy surrounding it. And it's because of the movement of the rotation, of its spin and rotation around the, the larger atom, the black body, the black hole inside the middle of the galaxy, it's spinning so fast that it gets pulled outward and it becomes a sun. Like it. So as opposed to what quantum physics are saying that suns grow bigger, no, they grow smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's what neutron stars are. 
And then at the very end, big explosion because they can no long they can no longer contain the nucleus of, of that large mm-hmm. atom. Could that be a beginning of a new universe? Uh now you're talking about nebulas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I even talk about that in the book. Um one was large enough it could create a new universe or something like that. Well, everything moves in cycles. Every all things have rhythm like the swing of a pendulum. Um all that energy just gets scattered and then so how stars are born. That's what you're asking me, basically. Um as I was describing, let me find this image so that you can see it for yourself. Hold on. This all became from what from from like what a hobby. Okay, yeah. Okay, there's a circle on top and bottom of the atom. Um, through that little tiny hole, um, as all things as male and females come together to reproduce, it will shoot out a giant particle. It's like a giant electron. But it comes from the middle, it doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the center of the atom, through that hole. It, but it will shoot out this giant photon. And that photon will attract, in a nebula, all the dark energy in there, and it will start swarming it. And then that there you go, that's the beginning of a star, a new star. And it, it's just, it's all about reproduction. Things are masculine and feminine. This success on all levels. It, it is, it's simple, but it's, it's just different than what I was taught. And I'm grateful because there came a point where I, I said, okay, I'm going to let go of everything I believe and start over. And me as an artist, I had the opportunity to paint all this stuff out like that painting. That's yeah. You know, the Enuma Elish. Um, about that painting last time. Yeah, no, but there's a lot of them. I, there, I have a whole book of them. Um, so, you, so, so you're a painter, too. I don't think we discussed that last time. Yeah, I'm a painter. I'm an artist. I'm a dancer, artist, first. Probably said artist, but I don't think you said painter. An well, artist many different things. Like you oh, know. I can sing. I can dance. <laughs> And I can paint, so. Yes. So you, so you have a, so you have a lot of talents there. Well, I just took advantage of what God gave me. Right on, shit. Yeah, mine as well. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it took him five, five, my father, five years to ask me a question, and I proved him correctly. It took him nine years to finally say, "Okay, son, maybe you can explain." how things work but he threw the word in maybe because it goes against everything that he had been taught and that's a problem uh, for a lot of people because we've been trained a certain way and to let go of all that is very difficult very difficult you know you see this with religions especially with religions you know Uh, The conclusion of my book was that I found out that 
souls don't exist. Afterlife doesn't exist. Alternate dimensions do not exist. What about consciousness? That's the first law of nature. The all is mind. The universe is mental. There's people out there that believe the soul can be the same thing as your consciousness, just different wording. No, because the soul is something that they believe that leaves you and goes somewhere else. Um, it's just here. It's just in your brain. And once you're dead, it's the same thing as a flower dying. Once a flower dies. You don't think your consciousness, go, your conscience goes with you when you pass away? Like it doesn't, like that's not part of the energy that leaves your body? There is a possibility of uh, reincarnation. Um, but even as the Hindus stated, nobody knows if you're reincarnated because you don't remember your previous life. There have been stories in the last century of people who have remembered reincarnated states, yeah. but it's only existed in the last century. And I wonder if it was made up. So I don't know. All I know is, you know, in the Hindu stories that talk about reincarnation, they're, they disappear and once you're reincarnated, they don't remember, like the gods in the Hindu culture don't remember that they were previous gods in, in a Hindu culture. So nobody remembers anything about their previous life. Good question. I wonder if that if that's if that's a true statement or not. Like, is there any text out there that says that they didn't know that they were? Did Jesus did Jesus know he was God before? No. Oh man. That's a good question. I'm going to start researching that. Did the gods know they were gods before? Like Thoth, for instance, did Thoth? Yeah, Thoth, Thoth knew he was different guys, didn't he? He knew he was Hermes. He knew he was, or he knew he was, uh, Thoth, he knew he was Hermes, Coco Kong, or Quint Did he know he was them? Or did he just um, come? He wasn't Hermes. He was Hephaestus. I argue that constantly. Okay. Um, tell, me, tell me why. Because, I mean, a lot of people believe that. Modern academia, esoteric. Yeah. Um, there is a coin, an ancient Akkadian coin, of a oh. guy in a wheelchair. And if you look at the bottom of the wheelchair, or on his hand, he's holding a crane bird. Um, and that's the same thing as the Egyptian thought. Um, Hermes was a different god. But yes, I do believe he was also Kuklukan, and that's because different cultures have different names for these people, but I don't believe that he was Hermes, he was Hephaestus. There's a video of that, it's called Who is Thoth, and it's spelled H-U, um, Who is Thoth. On my channel, Michael David Moreno, I talk about that. Like, I, gotta, I gotta watch that one then. I've watched it's a couple- short. All my videos are short, so I don't- uh, I don't make long videos. You just you just give out you just give out yeah I I, I kind of do the same thing too I try to give snippets and then I try to do like the articles and the discussions where I can talk about it more in depth and stuff. So do you think that Thoth was Ninjagita from the Sumerians? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll accept that one. Yes. What yes. was he? What what did he, was he a serpent in the Sumerians? I believe he was a serpent. He is depicted by a serpent. Now, mm. if you look at, for example, the ancient Aztec culture, they arrived to a place that had a giant 
serpents worship everywhere. In fact, they just had an earthquake in Mexico, Mexico City, and they discovered this giant serpent. There's an ancient serpent ruin in Nevada. It's broken, but you can tell that it's a serpent. But, okay, now we're getting to the topic of Atlantis. Because <laughs> um, there's a whole line. There's two lines. The people, it's like a last name. So there's two lines, the people of, of, of bird people and the serpent people, but it's a last name. There was two, and even in the Nordic culture, the Aesir and the Vanir, same thing. But um, I mean, I get interviewed by the Ancient Astronaut Archive and make articles for them about this. Um, hey, I would love to talk to somebody for a bit. So, I mean, I've been researching this shit like, since 2012, like kids studying for finals every damn day. I just want to know. I don't care what the answer is. I'm not going to attribute any what I believe because I, I I lost all my beliefs. I started over, and building so, the blocks all over again. What's that? You're building the blocks all over again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, people think, oh, the Aztec created the. Temple of the Sun over Mexico and that whole uh, Tenochtitlan, all that stuff. It was already there. It was already there and it was covered in mud. And they uncovered it. Well, and yeah. They got uncovered again. This time nobody's using it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think differently. I think for myself, um, I promise you that I will send you a book. It's so simple and everything is just written simply, but in saying. That's how I like to, I like to keep things simple. You know, a lot of people like to use a whole uh, bunch of big words and you got to look, sometimes you got to look up those big words while you're reading their stuff. If you can just keep it simple, then I, I mean, it's easier for me to understand. Not for, it's not the same for everybody, you know, but the way I write, I try to, I just try to keep it simple because I, I don't, I don't want to go too, too crazy with it. I mean, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I even talk about the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio because the source of that is dark inward energy and it always pops up everywhere you go. This spiral, that's what dark inward energy is. It's the golden ratio. That's life. It's the source of life. It's like a hurricane almost. Well, I mean, if you look at the the mm. Fibonacci sequence, it starts big and goes in. Uh, you can see it mathematically, but it also appears throughout life. So dark inward energy is the source of life, which is cool because dark inward energy is feminine and only females can give life. So Men, let me ask, is that is that energy calm energy or is it chaos within it? No, light is chaos. Light is destructive. Inside it's calm then. What's that? Inside it's calm then. Called it? I'm sorry. Calm, calm, like 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 calm, like like uh, relaxing. Um, uh, it can be, but it's filtered out here on this earth by, you know, our environment. But no, essentially, light is destructive. 
when you look at atomic bombs, nuclear bombs, you know. The light is on the outside, though, right? In an atom, it's on the inside. When it gets released, it goes everywhere, just destroys everything. Okay. But dark, inward, feminine energy, it's opposite. Light's oh. opposite. Yeah, okay. It is the source of life. Yeah, see, because I'm still picturing it as a sun then, okay? so Oh, man, I'm going to have to give you my book. Um, but I, I would ask that... Because when I said the light on the outside, I was saying light as like the sun where where you could like how Earth I get supposedly gets its light reflection from the sun. And then when I was saying like like Yeah, dark, but that light is destructive. But like I don't know if you ever listened to the sounds of the sun, sounds of Saturn, anything. Yeah, There's have. so much noise. It it carries noise, light, massive heat. That's destructive. Um Dark feminine inward energy does not carry any of that with it. It's cold, but it, and there's a saying in the Bible, Job 38, 36, who put the wisdom in the inward parts? That's where I got the term inward parts. Okay. You know, that's where the intelligence of the universe comes from. I meant to ask you what, 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 um, where in the Bible is exactly you. Job 38, 36. Um, so the feminine part of the universe is where, intelligence comes from so i no longer say god for example because i still pray i say the great mother and the great father for the masculine and feminine right yep because if nature is that way then so is god but the god that most people think of is always male and that has to do with the ancient past starts with the sumerian literature of anu the Egyptian culture started at the end of the Great Flood. The very first story was um, a guy named Atom, yeah, um, who split heaven and earth, landed. That's Noah, and he walked on land for the very first time. But prior to that, there was no Egyptian culture. Um, People like to think that it's older, but it started at the end of the flood, which is probably about 13,000 years ago, which I agree with Mr. Sitchin. You know, at the end of the last ice age is when it started. You know, the flood, if there was such a thing, started at the end of the last ice age. That's what caused it. You know, it's funny you mentioned Sitchin because he has, in his books, his books are very... Uh, interesting because he has a lot of good information in there. I think the bad parts come in is when he makes claims about things that can't be proven yet. Like Nibiru, for instance, that's what hurts him. You know, I'm sure, you know, 50 to 100 years from now, they find a planet with aliens on it. You know, people on Earth are going to call it Nibiru because that's what people are going to, they're going, that's what they're going to think it is because of Zachariah Sisson. He has embedded that into our, into our heads for years now, you know, it, and, and the reason why I say it's funny you mentioned Sitchin is because there's a lot of people who know about Sitchin, right? Yeah. But they don't know about Samuel Noah Kramer. They don't know about Andrew. Oh, love his work. They don't know about the electronic text corpus of Sumerian literature. And love stuff that. Like that. Love that. Yeah, and they don't know that, and they say, "Well, Sitchin was right." And I say, "Well, when you compare it to this stuff, 
it's not the same. Like there's like missing things. It's like I, I already know that modern academia, the universities, the colleges and stuff like that, they don't they don't like to say anything without having absolute proof for it. And what I mean by that is uh they don't want to rile people up with, you know, okay, yeah, it could have been extraterrestrials, but we're not going to tell you because we don't have a hundred percent proof to give it to you. We have mathematical equations of possibilities, but we don't have you know, possibilities unless or pictures, unless they actually do have pictures and, and evidence and they just don't want to give it to us. But for the most part, they don't want to go down that road with with anybody. They don't they just don't want to risk their jobs, their careers, the tenure, their reputations. And I don't understand how you can ruin your reputation if you li- if there's literally an alien civilization outside of planet Earth and you can prove that they're there 100 percent. Like, how is that ruining your reputation? That's to me, I think that would enhance your, your 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 reputation because sooner or later it's going to happen with our technology. You know, the basic our military technology is different than our civilian technology. You know, our military, our military technology, our governmental government type technology is a whole lot different than our civilian one. But our civilian one catches up with it sooner or later, just like with the Internet. The Internet was all government at first. And then now, look everybody uses it and now look you got ai that helps you with almost anything in the world today you know you literally i'm 40 years old i was told when i was in school that i won't always have a calculator in my hand well that's a lie because not only that well do i have a calculator on my phone i have a calculator on my apple watch i have a calculator on my tablet i have a calculator by asking siri and and and, and echo and alexa and google and all these other things hey what's one plus one it's simply going to tell me one plus one is two it's going to (laughs) i literally don't have to think Certain things, yes, I do have to think. Yes, I still need to learn how I still technically I don't even know how to I don't even have to learn how to drive. There is our cars that literally drive for you. You know, they have coffee machines that turn themselves on. All you have to do is just fill it up with whatever amount of coffee grounds you want in there. And after that, set the time and it does the rest for you. The only thing you have to do is just clean it after that. You have to service after. That's it. Everything is pretty much easy today. You know, I don't even I don't have to do anything. In most cases, I don't even have to heat up food anywhere. You get dehydrated food, beef jerky, different types of, you know, you you can eat a can of uh, vegetables without any problems, you know, so. It, it makes me wonder, you know, with with the the, the history, the the evidence that we have, with everything that we do, you know, I I, I know, you know, I, I hound on Zachariah Sitchin a lot because I think it's disrespectful to believe everything he says, without doing your research and trying to promote that he's wrong. And what I mean by that is like, if he's if there's no planet Nibiru in 1976, he says there's a planet Nibiru in his book, and he died, I believe, in 20, 2012 or something like that. I can't remember exactly when he died. But when he passed away, if you don't carry the torch and try to say, hey, right now, I cannot find proof. Yes, he may have had it, but he didn't give enough to me to show you that there is enough proof out there. And that's what I'm trying to do. If there is proof out there, 
then I'm going to then I'm going to help him find it. I'm going to help him show the world, because if there's proof, there wouldn't be no arguments. You got all these individuals like the shows on ancient aliens trying to persuade these people that there are aliens out there and they did this and that. But then you have the modern academia side saying, hey, well, mathematically, we could have did it this way. and This, that and the third physics is an all time thing. It doesn't. Physics has always been around. It's not something that you invent. It's something that you relearn. Because everybody relearns it. Because guess what? Every human comes on this earth at a different time to learn a new skill. And they enhance that skill every time they learn that skill. So it's to me, it's just amazing that, you know, I, I don't, <clears throat> I absolutely believe that there are aliens out there. Could they have had some kind of interaction with some type of human species on planet earth? Yes, possibly. Homo sapiens? I'm not sure. You know? Because after Homo sapiens, we 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 kind of exploded with our inventions with stuff, you know. And there's well, there's two things I'll say about that. Um, going back to the whole science thing, I don't believe we're going to discover anything through abstract math using symbols, staring at a chalkboard. They haven't done that since for over a hundred years, and that's oh. where us humans got, went wrong. But. As far as Zachariah Sitchin, that's the whole reason that book that I sent you, The Days Before the Flood, I fact-shit that shit. I was like, let me read and go buy all these books and see what they had to say. The one thing about Nibiru that I will say is that it was called Marduk, but it said to have a double godhead, and that to me meant a binary planet, like two moons, like Charon and, and Mercury. Uh, What's the last planet that's no longer a planet? Pluto. Pluto. Pluto and Charon. They're almost the same size. So I imagine it's something like that. In fact, it could be that. But, um, like, that's the only evidence that, you know, the not the only evidence, but the Sumerians, the Mesopotamians, Akkadians, they believed that. You know, they wrote it down for us, which is amazing. And uh, they had you know, buildings that stared completely to, you know, solstices, uh, equinoxes, and it's they still do to this day. So they were smarter than us back then. And if they said this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a little bit of validity. That's the only proof I have. That's it. Is that they were smarter than us. But yeah, it was described as double godhead. If you look at Marduk and you study him, You'll see a man with two faces. And he appears everywhere. Greek, Egyptian. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it, it is interesting because, like I said, like you have modern academia side of things, right? Then you have the esoteric, the exoteric. You have all the Gnostic side. You have all these people that have this, you know, forbidden knowledge, the apocryphons and all, the, all this stuff, right? And, you know, when when I read the electronic text corpus of Sumerian literature, when I read that, it says Nibiru is a city. And somebody asked me, well, don't you think they could have named their city after their planet? And I said, yes, of course, of course, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. I just I just want that solid evidence that said that there was. That's all. Like, I'm not saying that he because uh, we all have our inter our own interpretations. You know, there are people who say that they they could translate the cuneiform tablets i can't translate them i can read some of the, the cuneiform signs and stuff like that i can't read them all I, I don't know how to read it like fluent i have to go back and reference it from the electronic text corpus of Sumerian literature just to 
you know, understand what I'm trying to see and stuff. But and because when you read the Holy Bible, the all the religions, the Vedic texts, you know, from the Indus Valley and all that stuff, you always get these descriptions about these guys and stuff like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. So um, thank you. So um it's it's just I just want that solid evidence. And once you get that solid evidence, nobody can dismiss it. Nobody can dismiss We ain't never going to get that solid evidence in our lifetime. I'll be yeah. honest. Right, right, right. In our lifetime. Exactly. And that's why I'm trying to say, put, keep, if we keep pushing for it, keep pushing for the curiosity and people to figure this out, eventually somebody's going to find it. Look, all this stuff that we're doing right now, me and you, all these discussions that we're going to be having and stuff like this, all this stuff is going to be digital for a while on YouTube. People, this will be embedded in people's head, you know, just for forever. Once that knowledge hits them and they start carrying it on, it goes on. Look, Zachariah Sitchin has been passed away for a while now, and people are still talking about him to this day. People are going to talk about him for a long time. You know, they're going to talk about Michael S. Heiser. They're going to talk about all these individuals. My last message for you and your audience, you know, Start there, but there's so many researchers and fact check, fact check everything. Go through everything that you can find and fact check it. But it takes about a decade to read all this material. That's what I say. You can't read every single book. You can't read every peer-reviewed article, science journal, magazine, quantum physics, you know, religion. You can't read all this stuff. So you have to talk to other people. You have to. I mean, just because somebody has a PhD in something doesn't mean they know all the answers. I've literally talked, spoke to people with PhDs that are that I admire a lot. And they said that they admire what I do. And I don't have a degree in nothing. I just I just read a lot. I read a lot from different sources. I don't make claims. I don't make absolutes. I don't know the answers. I just know what I've read personally. If you, somebody read something more that provides better context to what I can understand, then yeah, I'll take that all day long. And I'll research yeah. like you when I when you said that you read uh, all the books that Zachariah Sitchin said. That's exactly what I did. I did every source that I could find that he put in the back of his indexes and stuff like that. I went and read myself, and I bought all the ancient texts myself, like the Sumerian texts, the Akkadian yeah. texts. The Popo Vu, the Mahabharata, the Vic Vita. Got all those. Yeah, I've read all those myself. And I and and I and I read them with the point to, okay, how can I see this in, in, in so many ways? One way was how can I see if it was extraterrestrials? That's what I keep in the back of my head. Then I keep in the back of my high, my head, okay. How can I see this as just being a story told like one uh, like a movie that's based on a, on a true story? You know, you they don't know exactly what everybody did in that movie. They just give the movies entertainment is based on true story events in that movie happened. But there are parts that didn't happen and there are parts that exaggerated and there are parts that would, was added. You won't know that unless you were the director and the person who made that movie. And well. it's just, it's the same thing with the ancient text. We won't know what was written in the ancient text exactly because we weren't there. We just taken somebody's word based off of a, of a pictures because every writing system started off with a pictographic script from a pictographic script. True. I The only thing that's kind of more evidence pointing to, well, I wouldn't say aliens, but in the ancient past, we had flying capabilities, flying machines, um, the Vimanas, 
if you look at certain areas, they literally look like landing pads for some kind of object um, in, in the Middle East. You know, it's incredible. I do have to go, unfortunately, but I'm just going to give another shameless plug. Kaibalianphysics.com. Or not .com. The Kaibalian and Physics from blurb.com. That's where you can buy it. I didn't make it too expensive. Michael David Moreno. Everything is literally painted out with just simple, simple descriptions. There's seven chapters, just like there are seven laws of nature. And it's just, it's so simple that I will re reiterate Occam's Razor simplest explanation is probably true and i was blessed to understand this and so i just try to share it whenever i can